Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. To arbitrarily take 80 days and say, I'm not going to do anything with the, with the debt limit. I, I, there's polls that say the American people want the president to negotiate at this point. And, and, and I don't, you're hoping, and I, I know you think that Republicans are going to be blamed, and that's sort of the, I guess that's sort of the game plan, but I don't think you can guarantee that because there's a bill out there now, and if the president doesn't negotiate now, uh, the White House is going to have some of the default on its hands. Uh, this economy blows, and this, this debt limit insanity is, well, as Joe Kernan is describing there from CNBC, isn't going to fall all on Republicans, even though that's exactly what Joe Biden and the Democratic Party want. You can't negotiate with the debt limit. You can't be holding people hostage with the debt limit. Oh, my gosh, they say it all the time. It's just so absolutely boring. We will not be held hostage. Tell me more, Ro Kahana. Tell me more about how you, a congressman from California, aren't going to be held hostage. I'm not willing to have a conversation under a hostage situation. When I was in Congress and Donald Trump was president, I didn't disagree. I disagreed with a lot of his policies, but I voted to raise the debt ceiling. I voted to pay our bills. If Kevin McCarthy votes to pay our bills, then we can discuss how to have deficit reduction. And in that... We can discuss spending cuts, the biggest part being the defense budget. Ro Kahana, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you're a believer in free speech and you actually support and defend it. Uh, I certainly uh, find it uh, questionable and objectionable that you side with Bernie Sanders in engaging cuts to defense with the rising China. Um, but so we're clear that you voted for the debt ceiling when Trump was president, could be taken as, you know, you're just a lousy negotiator. And maybe when we're raising the amount of money we're spending with the level of debt that we have, we should take a look at it, scratch our heads like we're in some kind of old-timey movie and go, huh, maybe we've got a problem here. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It is good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. Joe Kernan was speaking to a member of the White House economic team. Her name is Heather Bushy, B-O-U-S-H-E-Y. She serves on the White House Council of Economic Advisors. And Joe Kernan is trying to say to her, trying to explain to her, you can blame or, or, or attempt to blame the, Democrat, uh, the Republicans all you want. Oh, look what they're doing with the debt limit. Oh, look how they're playing chicken with America. My gosh. But. Maybe we've got a spending issue and maybe you've got to make a deal. How she responds? 
here's the thing. Um, there's a few facts here. First of all, the president has been very clear on his economic priorities. He came out with a complete budget uh, back in March. Uh, speaker McCarthy said that was the first thing that he would do when he became speaker, and it took him quite a while to come up with this vision that, that is embodied in the legislation that you just referred to that the House passed. But the, um, the challenge in front of us is that we have very little time to deal with this debt ceiling increase. We do have more time to deal with the budget talks and uh, appropriation talks. Can we just take a moment? Can we take a moment to talk about Joe Biden's budget, which the Washington Post uh, put out the headline, Biden's budget refuses to face reality? The level of insanity that was in the Biden budget? The how it was dismissed? As quickly as it came out? Do we have to go through it bit by bit and piece by piece? I, I, I don't mind. He was not calling for a cut in defense to his credit. He was at $842 billion for fiscal 2024. That's up 3.2%. He was in favor of some rather ridiculous tax increases, including a billionaire tax, which is nothing because, as we know, Senator Bernie Sanders says anybody who makes over a billion dollars, it should be taxed at basically 100% levels of Dwight D. Eisenhower days. It goes on from there, horror after horror after horror. His budget got panned. So the fact that he put one out there isn't the same thing as it being a good budget. And budget is going to come from the House anyway. Remember, Biden, uh, not Biden, Obama used to put his budgets out and literally it would get zero votes in the Senate. But more from Heather Bushy, White House Council of Economic Advisors. But the, um, the challenge in front of us is that we have very little time to deal with this debt ceiling increase. We do have more time to deal with the budget talks and uh, appropriation talks. Then let's let those things um, happen in due course. The president has been clear that he is willing to negotiate. Um, he needed uh, Speaker McCarthy to come up with his plan, and it took him quite a while to do that. But the most important thing, I'm an economist who works here at the White House. We get up here, we get up every day making sure that this economy is delivering for working people all across the country. And the two outcomes that appear to be the ones that will lead to the most new unemployment and job losses would be to go past this debt ceiling limit. And um, recent analysis from Moody's Analytics uh, found that if we were to put in place the Republican proposal, that could lead to a loss of 800,000 jobs. This economy working for you? They keep talking about the fact that Biden has created jobs. Biden has yet to create a job. The numbers are clear. This is about total dishonesty from the White House. People going back to work is not job creation. But she's getting up every day, every day, to make this economy work for the American people. How's it working for you? How is the price of everyday things working for you how how is the inflation working for you and while she's saying that she also wants you to know what congress's constitutional responsibility is 
Well, we have been watching this closely and certainly waiting for the news in terms of what tax receipts would look like. And Janet Yellen's, um, Secretary Yellen's uh, letter yesterday indicated that this deadline is, is, more, is more urgent than we had thought. But certainly the deadline was already urgent. Um, we know that uh, this is Congress's constitutional responsibility to make sure to increase the debt limit so that the U.S. does not default on the bills that we have already incurred, the bills that we owe, so that we don't in the president's words become a deadbeat dead deadbeat uh nation and it is congress's constitutional responsibility to spend within its means wouldn't we say that too it's their responsibility to increase the debt limit is a really real what's the word i'm looking for um whatever it's a dumb argument right it's a it's that's a dumb argument i th- i think that's the way uh to, to to say that one i think that's the way to put it but what she's referring to is the fact that secretary janet yellen said look we've gone over the numbers um this deadline is going to be in june come june we're not going to have the borrowing limit we're not going to be able to pay our bills so maybe they thought they had until what August, September, uh, they've got till June. So I guess they're going to have to figure out something. But as uh, the people over there at CNBC noted, you know, we don't have the tax receipts that we thought we were going to have. Why is that, oh, dear economist Heather Bushy, who wakes up every day to make this economy work for the American people? This also could have negative economic, negative economic implications, and that is something that the president is very concerned about. We do not want to see a rise in unemployment. Is the economy rolling over right now? Is that why the tax receipts are below expectations? There's a variety of, um, I, would, I would refer you to the Treasury Department for exactly why the tax receipts came in the way that they did, but there are a variety of issues. So the tax receipts, I need to go to the Treasury Department to figure out why uh, they didn't come in strong. But you're going to tell me why the economy is strong and why the Republicans have to do exactly what you say. Got it. Anybody want to start drinking? Any, anyone? Anyone at all? Yeah, me too. The economy's in a bad place. The economy is in a bad spot. This isn't... A debate. I don't want it. I don't win anything. None of us win anything because Biden can't do this, because his economic team are children and ideologues, because they create a level of uncertainty that prevents opportunity for investment. I mean, there are no winners. It's not like, ah, this is good. It's bad for Biden, so he'll lose the re-election. I want him to lose re-election. But dear Lord, I'd rather have a better economy than this. By the way, unrelated but related, PacWest is a bank, and its stock has fallen approximately 30%. So you have JP Morgan, which has taken over First Republic Bank, as we discussed yesterday. You have, of course, the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank, never mind Signature Bank in New York. And now you're looking at another regional bank that's fallen flat on its keister. Earlier today, it went down to about five, wait, where is that, 550 a share? And now it's back up at about 680 a share. It opened at $8 a share. And a month ago, it was $11 a share. 
So the fall, the 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 just slide off has been something fierce. And if you want to just get another look at it, uh, a little more perspective, in March of 2023, it was $26 a share. So get ready for another bank to go under and get ready for another large bank to just whoop, swoop right in. You know what I got to do? I got to get into the large bank business is what I have to do. Banks don't fail like this when the economy's good, do they? Now, I, I, am, I'm, I ask that as a question because there is something to be said about banks failing to do their own job regarding regulatories, uh, regulatory issues, uh, checking on themselves. What are they invested in? How are they paying out, uh, whether, whether it's, it's interest rate, et cetera? What level of, of loans were they giving, given? Or were they really risky loans, et cetera? Right? All those things should, should come into play. Rational people should go about looking at this. But ask yourself, play a game with me. All right? You guys know I love this game. This game is called What If Trump Was President? And so in this game, we say Silicon Valley Bank went under, Signature Bank in New York went under, First Republic Bank went under, and now we might see PacWest go under. What if Donald Trump were president? What would the media be saying right now? They would be losing their freaking minds. They would be screaming and yelling about how horrible Trump is, about how he's destroying the economy. They would just be ripping him apart day and night. They'd just be, everything is terrible. But his whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. So, why aren't we saying that? Well, they're not saying it. Allow me. This economy blows. I don't like it. I don't want it. But we're in it. And we're going to be in it till we're out of it. Hope no one thinks this inflation or uh, this recessionary market's going away anytime soon. There is nothing that signifies that. And there's nothing that the Heather Bushi of the White House economic team said that makes anybody feel better or settles any markets. I'm Tony Katz. If I got locked away and we lost it all today, tell me honestly, would you still love me the same? If I showed you my flaws, if I could Gordon Lightfoot, dead at the age of 84, and full disclosure... Uh, never met the man, but but I'm a I'm a fan of the yacht rock. I'm a I'm a fan. That's all there is to it. I won't lie. Love it, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Uh, good to be with you. Now, not everything uh, from from Gordon Lightfoot is is yacht rock. Not everything. Let Let's be clear. Um, the uh, uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The legend lives on from the triple. That song is not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Yacht Rock. It's not. Now, now this, on the other hand. If you could read my mind, 
my thoughts could tell Just like an old time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet This has got a very Neil Diamond vibe to me uh, it, Like it's got the same kind of uh, structure uh, to, to it but yeah, you start like I know Gordon Lightfoot. I know the music, but you hear that he dies, dies at the age of eighty-four. He had been planning to do a tour and then got ill and then uh passed away. Uh and you're like, Dear Lord, I didn't realize there were that many songs from him that I, I totally, totally w- was was into. Uh Carefree Highway. I wonder how the old folks are men. Name was Anne, and I'll be damned if I recall her face. She left me now, knowing what to do. Carefree highway, let me slip away on you. Carefree highway, you've seen better days. The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes. Slip away, slip away on you. I mean, that's just, that's just feeling good music. That that's all it is. But if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do Gordon Lightfoot, you got to do it. You you you, you got to come proper. That's all I'm saying. And sundown is coming proper. Everything about it just hits. I can see her lying back in her satin dress In a room where you do what you don't confess Sundown, you better take care If I find you been creeping around my backstairs Sundown, you better take care If I find you She's been looking like a queen in a sailor's dream And she don't always say what she really means Sometimes I think it's a shame When I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain Sometimes I think it's a shame I mean that's just good kids that, that's, that's all there is And it's always amazing That a day like today It'll be the first time People have ever heard this song Or any of them I, that, is, that is always unbelievable these things, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's a personal thing. You take it for granted, right? You take it for granted. Oh, everyone knows this. Everyone knows what it is. No? No, no, they don't. No, they they don't. You know, if you listen to my morning show, you know I'm an advocate for taking a, a breath and a beat and taking a moment and putting on some music and just breathing deep. The world's crazy. We don't have to be. This is one of those good songs to do it with. I'll let this play me out. Keep it here and find everything at TonyCats.com. 
This is Tony Katz today. I can see her looking fast in her faded jeans. She's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling Sometimes I think it's a shame when I get feeling better when I'm feeling no pain. Give me a little bit of leeway here and allow me the opportunity to try and tie some of these stories together because... Well, they're, they're all in line with this new found attack on people who simply want to say, uh, stop forcing this transgenderism on children. Stop claiming that they can have surgeries and their lives will be better. Stop taking confused kids and abusing them. Stop abusing children in general. What adults do is what adults do. Even if I disagree with it, even if I don't understand it, they're adults, they get to make decisions. But children... Children are different. And why do you have this constant need to abuse children? And anybody who says things like I do in the way that I do, in, you know, in a rational way, in a competent way, in a clear way, in a decisive way, with the facts, with the data, well, they get called a transphobe or they're participating in a trans genocide. That's a bit extreme, don't you think? If, if only uh, because it's a complete and total lie told by liars who desperately don't want conversation to take place. The whole purpose of those kinds of statements is to shut down conversation. And anybody who should have that kind of conversation is considered, well, I, I, I guess a murderer of some kind. As a matter of fact, everything about the transgender movement is life and death to the people who want to push it that way to keep you from speaking about what they're doing which is, in many ways, abuse. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. The phone number, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. I've got three different stories here. And so uh, let me bring it together for you. The first was ABC News. With nearly 470 anti-gay and anti-trans bills in 16 states, LGBTQ plus lawmakers find themselves fighting just, quote, to exist, unquote. False. Well, Tony, you're not gay. You're not a lawmaker. How do you know? Because I know and you know that I know and you know that you know, but you want to lie because you're ideological before you are rational. In me, I'm rational all the time, even if I have an ideology. So I win and you lose, Boychik. The rational people win and you lose, Boychik. The story goes on to state how uh, State Senator Chevron Jones cannot be seen at the Florida Capitol greeting staff and colleagues with a smile or a laugh. But when he's alone, it's a different story. Quote, the outward expression is to show God's love. That's what I was taught. But he said, I have enough tears in my car to fill a lake. Well, I'm sorry you're crying, but we should not be engaged in conversations of sexuality with second graders. If that is making you cry, Senator, I think maybe you've got bigger issues. Because if you want to teach sexuality to second graders, you're weird. Senator, if you want to teach sexuality to second graders, you're weird. 
If you want libraries filled with porn for kids who are in fourth grade, you're weird. Enter Chelsea Clinton. Over 50%, she writes, of the attempted book bans last year involved books with LGBTQ plus characters and themes. Books are a vital way that children, adolescents, and adults learn about themselves in our world. Bans such as these are nothing but harmful. Translation, Chelsea Clinton is okay with porn in your kid's school library. What? Well, hold on. I can't say that? No, no, I think I can, and I think I will, because we're not discussing children learning things we're discussing explicit sex acts in cartoon form in books for second graders why are you okay with that that makes you weird and could we at least tie something together amongst these two stories which is we're not talking about the lgb the g or the b here right we were the first people to bring this up on this show we were the first people maybe in the country to bring this up you are now hearing this as a constant conversation piece we're not talking about the l the g or the b actually i take that back gays against groomers were probably the first people to bring this up we're talking about the t in children lesbians People who are gay and people who are bisexual don't feel like they're a race, don't feel like they're fighting to exist. And if someone does, I can't help the way that they feel. But the acceptance of gay Americans has been throughout society. Gay members of Congress, gay athletes. We're through the looking glass here. This isn't about being gay in America. Oh, can you find somebody who really believes that homosexuality is a sin? You, you absolutely can. I can also find you Jew haters. And you know what I find them? Embraced by people like Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis. Embraced by other politicos. Louis Farrakhan, who hates Jews. Here the Jews don't like Farrakhan. So they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. Never mind comparing Jews to termites. Embraced by people on the political left. Congressman Andre Carson will not condemn him. But that sure as heck doesn't mean that I'm fighting to exist as a Jew. Anti-Semitism is up. It's, it's a serious issue. We're seeing it everywhere. I exist. And I don't spend any time crying. I spend time trying my best to enjoy. Nobody is erasing LGBT people, nor are they erasing any human being. However, there's a serious conversation about the T, especially in children. Because children can't decide their gender, and it is abuse if you let them have any levels of surgery or engage in puberty blockers, etc. This takes us to the state of Oklahoma. In Oklahoma, the governor there, uh, Governor Stitt, has now made performing these surgeries on children a felony. 
Kevin Stitt has banned all sex reassignment procedures for minors in the state, including irreversible gender transition, transition surgeries and hormone therapies. That as reported by Fox News. It was Senate Bill 613. It was signed into law on Monday, making it a felony for healthcare workers to provide children under the age of 18 gender surgery, puberty, block, puberty blocking drugs, or hormone doses that suppress or delay normal puberty. It bans the use of medications or surgical procedures for the purpose of gender transition. We're talking about children and only children here. When we talk about children, Chelsea Clinton, why is it that you want children to have books that show how to perform oral sex on other children or how to engage in anal sex? Why is it important that a third grader have that information? That's how they learn? Or is it about trying to push kids towards something? Now, I'm not saying it is. I'm only asking you what you think. Of course, parents can say, nope, this should not be in a library for kids. I would argue that those parents are correct. I think the question is, why do you think they should be in a library for kids? Why do you think they should be in an elementary school library? We take you now to Chelsea Clinton to answer the question. Well, I don't actually have Chelsea Clinton with me right now. If I did, I I would ask her, though, point blank. NBC News has the story, as over half of 2022's most challenged books have LGBTQ themes. That's a lie. Because the idea that something has an LGBTQ theme is a lie. Do you know that the difference between your, your, your sexuality and questioning whether you're a man or a woman are two very different things? And not even questioning your sexuality. How about accepting your sexuality? There are women attracted to women. There are men attracted to men. And then there are women attracted to women and men and men attracted to men and women. We're not discussing whether or not they're a man or a woman. See the difference? So an LG or B theme would be very different from a T theme. Now, wouldn't it? But they're always taking the T and lumping it in with the L, the G, and the B. What we were the first to say is, why is it that the people with the T are so abusive to the L, the Gs, and the Bs? Why does anybody think that if you're gay or a lesbian or bisexual, that you agree with the T in children or the T in general? Why are you getting lumped into this? Why are they being treated like a political movement as opposed to people with their own opinions and their own thoughts and their own minds and their own rationality? And they're not. They're told that they're all part of this group. Why? Because the books have LGBTQ themes. If the theme is teaching oral sex to third graders, does it matter if it's an L, a G, or a B? It's still wrong. If it wasn't an L, a G, or B, it would still be wrong. Third graders, that should be in a book in a school library. Shouldn't that be a question to mom and dad? Well, mom and dad don't answer the questions. Oh, bull crap. That's another one of the great lies. I will submit to you that there have to be, because there are two sides of the bell curves, parents out there who don't talk to their kids about sex. That's a shame. My kids come to me with a question about sex from a very early age. I answered it directly. 
I, I no playing around. I, I never used like those kinds of names. I didn't rename body parts. I said it exactly as it is. Never ever lie about that stuff. Well, I, I don't lie about anything, but never lie about that stuff. Be honest, be clear, demystify. I think that's the, the way to do it. But I'm not, I'm not the parent to your kid. I'm not the parent to your kid. Uh, you know, if, if you want to use some kind of names, you want to use a sock puppet, I don't know what you want to do. Go right ahead. Feel free. But the parent shouldn't be able to have that conversation. Instead, it should be in a book in the third grade that's explicit. You you think teaching oral sex to third graders is the way to go, do you, Chelsea? Yeah, I think you're a bad parent. Now what do you want to do? Explaining what it is and teaching it. You see what I did there? You see how I had the conversation? Those are two different things. But none of those things are L, G, or B themed. They're things. So when you say to me that the books, most challenged books have L, G, or B uh, uh, themes, are you really talking about the T? Are you really talking about the T? Are you really talking about books that are put out there that are purposeful in trying to create confusion? We see this in the world of the T all the time with children. Just take a look at the number of kids who are autistic, who get pushed to do, oh, no, you'd be happier if you were this. No, no, you're really that. No, you should wear this. No, we should change your name that. No, we should change your pronoun this. It's abusive. It's abusive. Which brings us to an article from The Advocate. Kiss and Twisted Sister Rock Legends go full-on transphobic. What in the world could they have done that's transphobic? Well, they mention that Paul Stanley from KISS put a statement out on Twitter uh, titled, My Thoughts on What I'm Seeing. And he wrote, There is a big difference between teaching acceptance and normalizing and even encouraging participation in a lifestyle that confuses young children into questioning their sexual identification as though some sort of game and then parents in some cases allow it. He continues, there are individuals who as adults may decide reassignment is their needed choice, but turning this into a game or parents normalizing it as some sort of natural alternative or believing that because a little boy likes to play dress up in his sister's clothes or a girl in her brother's, we should lead them steps further down a path that's far from the innocence of what they are doing. He's absolutely right. He continues with many children who have no real sense of sexuality or sexual experiences caught up in the fun of using pronouns and saying what they identify as. Some adults mistakenly confuse teaching acceptance with normalizing and encouraging a situation that has been a struggle for those truly affected and have turned it into a sad and dangerous fad. He's correct. He is accurate. And what does the advocate, this uh, gay uh, and lesbian magazine website, say? That that's transphobic. Bullcrap. That's honest. 
recognizing that we're abusing kids, recognizing that we're trying to intimidate kids, or I shouldn't say we, they, recognizing that children are not adults, recognizing that kids change their mind and we shouldn't push them into things that are irreversible, recognizing that giving a kid puberty blockers is child abuse, is not transphobic. You're wrong. You say words like that, like Chelsea Clinton says words like that, like ABC News says words like that, to try and stop conversation. ABC News says you're erasing LGBT plus uh, TQ plus lawmakers. They're finding they're fighting to exist. You have Chelsea Clinton saying it's harmful because you're not letting these kids learn about who they really are. And the advocate tells you that you are a bigot and you're engaged in what? Transphobia. All to keep you from not talking about what's going on. All to keep you from having an opinion. My advice to you, have opinions. They don't get to decide how you talk. They're wrong. It's not transphobia to note what's happening to children. It's not wrong to say we don't serve porn to third graders. And people who are gay are not fighting to exist, even if you disagree with them on policy. That's not happening. I said this earlier, I'll say it again. Jews are not fighting to exist. But if I were to argue the amount of attacks going on in America, I could say it about Jews well before I could say it of any of those groups. You're not a homophobe or a transphobe for discussing real issues. And shame on those who ever want to prevent you from discussing the real issues. You're always welcome to do it here. We're going to keep doing it. I'm Tony Katz. Primaries happening all across the state of Indiana and some really fascinating ones, especially when you consider Indianapolis and some of the surrounding areas where you got to wonder whether India is going to give Joe Hogsett an opportunity to run for a third term as mayor. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know if Democrats are going to give him that opportunity or not. That's just one of the things uh, getting watched. I'm going to have a full breakdown on this coming up in just a little bit, specifically about Indianapolis and why it matters to everybody in the state of Indiana. That's coming up in just a few. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, TonyKatz.com, Twitter at Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.